Financial fraud linked to payments is a growing global concern, even in markets where chip card technology has been adopted. In fact, according to a recent study conducted by ACI and ITE, nearly 90% of consumers throughout the world think government and law enforcement don't do enough to fight financial fraud linked to payment cards and accounts. So what more should financial institutions be doing to reduce fraud losses and enhance consumer confidence? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Mike Bratz of ACI Worldwide and Shirley Insko of financial consultancy ITE Group, who share their thoughts about recent survey results collected and trends the financial industry should be mindful of for the year ahead. Mike and Shirley, ACI surveyed consumers in 17 countries to gather results about payment card and bank account fraud. ITE, of course, did the analysis. Can you give us some background about how and when the survey was conducted? Sure, Tracy. Um, as a provider of payments and payment fraud solutions to financial institutions, processors, and retailers, we at ACI you know, want to be aware of the types of trends that impact these customers. And with this particular survey focused on fraud, we wanted to understand how our customers' customers were impacted by fraud and how they're responding to what is really an ever-changing threat. And this is our third year of doing the global card fraud study. Uh, this September, just this most recent September, we surveyed more than 5,200 consumers around the world in 17 countries, uh, and we think the result is a pretty comprehensive look at current consumer attitudes and reactions to card fraud. Mexico and the U.S. had the highest incidence of consumer-reported card fraud, while the Netherlands and Sweden had the lowest. Is the U.S.'s continued reliance on magnetic stripe card technology to blame? Tracy, this is Shirley, and I think that that reliance is somewhat to blame, but I would say that's very guarded. I would say that more uh, of that cause is that there are very, very high card penetration rates in both uh, the United States and Mexico and very high fraud environments overall. The United States is viewed as the country where a lot of the money is, and so we're targeted from fraud rings around the world for all types of financial fraud. I believe those factors uh, have more to do with it than the EMV chip cards. What other countries have seen is that when those cards are rolled out, often the fraud just moves to a, a card-not-present environment so that the point-of-sale losses decline, but credit card fraud overall doesn't necessarily decline over the long term. Shirley, how much would you say card issuers throughout the world then are spending on payment card reissuance? I can't gauge what a total dollar figure is, but a, uh, a source at a very large U.S. card issuer recently told me that they spend between 3 and $5 per card to reissue cards. So as you can see, that's a, quite a hefty cost that they bear the burden of, particularly in data breaches and fraud situations. If I could weigh in on that to add a, an additional point about kind of the impact of fraud on the whole payment card reissuance process is there's a couple of additional costs that the issuers bear that are really indirect but important costs. One is, and these will be kind of borne out by the results of the study, is one, consumers are more likely to move that card that was the victim of fraud to the back of wallet and use it less often than they were before the fraud incident. And the other thing that the survey found is that consumers are also at risk of switching issuers altogether once they've experienced fraud on a given card. So in addition to the cost that Shirley mentioned, there's two big kind of indirect costs that are looming for these issuers if they don't pay enough attention to the fraud threat. 
And then when it comes to what happens after experiencing card fraud, your survey found, of course, that 56% of cardholders oftentimes use cash or some type of alternate form of payment over debit or credit. What types of alternate payment methods did they most often use? Tracy, we didn't really explore in the survey what other uh, mechanisms they used other than cash. Um, but I think it's important to point out that often they just said that the card they experienced that fraud on went to the back of wallet. So, for example, if they experienced debit card fraud, they might have used a credit card instead. And so then what would you say is the message here for financial institutions and card issuers as they look out to 2013? I think there are a lot of opportunities for improvement in the messaging, particularly that card issuers use with their clients. There's not a good job being done as the study bears out around just education in general for how consumers can protect themselves. There's not a good job of helping them understand their institution's fraud policy and processes. And there's a lot of fear and concern that consumers have that I believe could be minimized if there's a better job done of communication and outreach by the issuers. If they could really do a good job with communication and outreach and education, they would see that back-of-wallet behavior trend down and perhaps the attrition rates decline as well. Now, what were some of the most surprising trends that were revealed in the survey? One of the things that I thought was uh, somewhat surprising was um, how, how very interested consumers are in working with their financial institutions and being involved in the process when potential fraud is detected. Consumers made it clear they want to be notified, they want to be made aware, they want to be part of the process. Most particularly in, in many countries, they preferred mobile phone calls, SMS text messages, sometimes emails, and in a few countries even calls at home. But clearly they want to be more involved than they have been today. Yeah, and what I found interesting, in, in addition to what Shirley just said, is that consumers' top fear in this year's survey was identity theft. So uh, out of a long list of potential threats that they face, identity theft rose to the top ahead of online banking fraud or some of the other threats that have traditionally been high on the list. And I think what this reflects is that consumers, because of you know, continued education efforts by the financial community at large, they, they really start to understand that identity theft is really the precursor to fraud. And the fact that they fear it, I, I view as, as a positive sign, meaning they understand they have to protect that information because eventually if that, that information is compromised, it will lead potentially to fraud on their account, fraud on their card, or uh, inevitably funds loss. Now, the survey includes consumer perspectives about payment card and bank account fraud. Where was most of the fraud felt? And that would be from the world over. We definitely saw that credit cards were leading the way, Tracy, and fraud followed not too far behind by debit cards. And then what about market variations? As you commented when we started out, we saw significantly higher rates of fraud in some countries compared to others. And again, I think a lot of that can be attributed to the type of payments. We in America use cards a lot, and that is not common the world over. In some countries, mobile payments are more popular than they've become here to date and other payment mechanisms, you know, check still to some degree. But definitely in the Americas, in Mexico and the United States, we saw those very, very high card fraud rates. And in some countries in Europe, for example, 
we see lower card penetration rates, far lower usage of those cards, and that really was demonstrated in the rate of fraud that they saw as well, being much lower. What recommendations do you have for banking institutions here in the U.S. as well as abroad? I would really recommend that institutions provide fast, easy recovery processes for their customers who experience fraud. As I mentioned earlier, they should educate their customers about what their fraud policy is, reassure their customers. For example, when they're issuing a replacement card because of a data breach, assure them that card is safe to use so that it doesn't go to the back of the wallet and defeat the purpose of issuing the card. And in general, just educate, reach out, communicate with their customers, and enlist them in proactively combating fraud and protecting themselves. To add to that point is what I have seen as a major trend over the last few years in the world of fraud of all types is that the criminals themselves are working together and collaborating to commit fraud. And Mm -hmm. I think what the survey found is that consumers want to collaborate with their financial institutions to fight fraud. And that's a really good sign. And I think the good news for financial institutions is that there are technologies that exist today that can make it easy for them to enlist their customers in that fight with them. There are messaging and notification technologies to make it really easy to get notifications to the mobile phones of their consumers so that they can be part of the resolution process. And that's just one example, but there are things like that that are enabling financial institutions, card issuers, and their customers to collaborate in the fight against fraud. That's a great point, Mike, because before we closed, I wanted to ask where should financial institutions focus their fraud prevention and detection technologies in 2013? And it sounds like perhaps investing more in mobile notifications is a good place to start. Well, it's certainly one area that we have had customers find success with. And I, you know, I would go back to the foundation of any good fraud prevention program is going to start with the education process. Make sure your consumers are educated on the things they should be doing to protect their accounts and their information. Having good fraud monitoring systems in place. And then, yeah, I think some of the newer capabilities that are enlisting consumers in the fight include these notification systems. And Tracy, I would add to that on a slightly uh, higher level that payments are changing in our country dramatically. Not only are EMV and NFC cards coming out, but with uh, the wide variation of mobile payment devices from companies like Intuit, Level Up, Square, et cetera, they all look a little different, they all work a little differently. I think there's going to be a lot of consumer confusion, and fraudsters are well known for taking advantage of consumer confusion. I agree with everything Mike just said, and I would just add another level of encouragement that we have better consumer education in light of all of these payment changes that are coming at consumers. Mike and Shirley, I'd like to thank both of you for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Great to be here. Again, we've just heard from Mike Bratz of ACI and Shirley Insko of ITA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.